0: What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Big Shots NFL Draft Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Kernishan, joined as always by my colleague over at Blue Scout and my co-host, the best in the business, Devin Jackson. Before we hear from Devin, I just want to remind everyone that today's episode is brought to you by our friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar, except it's way better and way better for you. This year, start the new year off right. Use the promo code BIGSHOTS, all one word, to get 10% off your next order.
1: Devin, how you doing? What's up, man? Uh, I nailed it
0: good. second straight week.
1: Yeah, Let's don't even go. That, so that's less editing for me, but uh, <laughs> pretty good, man. Um, last day of the year, 2020. safe to say a lot of people are ready for 2021 to begin to kind of put this year behind. But, you know, got to get to talk some football. Like I said, you know, in previous episodes, we didn't even know if we we're going to get sports this year. So. You know, it's nice to have sports today. It's going on right now. Like, you know, Ball State is absolutely murdering San Jose State. And then of course, Tulsa Mississippi State. We know what happened with that. Uh, you know, the game, th- there was a game played. I know a lot of people are probably like, Oh, we just saw the brawl. We didn't see anything happen from the game. I so it was played. Proud. A game was played, but a brawl did kind of spoil and and kind of describe what 2020 has been. So doing pretty good man
0: yeah um you know uh kicking back myself I actually just got home from work probably about an hour or so ago maybe a little bit more um you know it was an interesting day yesterday was my birthday kicked my feet up um built our friends at built bar sent me a care package for my birthday including uh some delicious dark chocolate cookie dough bars uh which that sounds bad for you, but again, like I said, they're really good for you. nineteen grams of protein, four grams of sugar. You can't top that, man. I'll take protein bars for a birthday present any day of the week. <laughs> um so we have some more <clears throat> excuse me, some more uh declarations to get into, and then we're gonna talk about uh the college football playoff games at the New Year's six bowl games. Just you know, hey, it's New Year's when you listen to this. uh gotta stay relevant. <laughs> So let's get into this. Let's talk about some of these uh, uh, declarations first. That's what I was looking for. So where do you want to start, Devin? Just since we legit went through a whole bunch of – in the few days since.
1: Uh, Well, first of all, uh, we've got to talk about uh, a couple quarterbacks uh, going into the draft. One being Kyle Trask, who – had probably as bad as a game to, to end a college career on as anyone. Yeah.
0: That's up there. Uh,
1: yeah. Uh, three picks against um Oklahoma. Didn't look really great. Probably shouldn't have played considering he didn't have his top four weapons. I get that he probably was trying to show people that, you know, his weapons don't make him and, you know, he can succeed without them, but that was not the case. Uh through three picks, you know, it looked Pretty much after that second pick, everyone was ready kind of for Emory Jones to come in, and then he threw that third pick, and it was like, "Oh my god, you can't can't get much worse than that." He played okay the rest of the game, but you know it that really derailed them, and then of course, Oklahoma blew the doors off of him um especially in that second half, but it's not a good look for for Kyle Trask right now, um I know he declared. But he's really going to have to show some some really good things in the senior bowl and uh, just going forward. I think right now he's probably for me, I haven't done a final evaluation, but he's probably going to be a late day two, day three guy for me uh, just based on his film. And uh, for those who are listening, that doesn't necessarily mean he's going to go, you know, that late. You know, teams can obviously fall in love with him and pick him second round, third round. But that's just where I'm at with him right now. Um, and I, I think it's right now we, we gotta, I'm kind of going on a little bit of rant now, but I think we gotta kind of separate what Joe Burrow did and Kyle Trask did. Okay. Like I get that they have kind of similar rises. They kind of came from nowhere, things like that, but they are two very different players. It, if that, you know, if people are catching my drift, you know, Joe Burrow is all about ball placement and you know, had a suffice arm, could get into tight window throws, could make tight window throws. Kyle Traskman, he just doesn't have that zip that you want from a starting quarterback right now. And I don't know if it's his mechanics or his footwork, but a a lot is just not working with him right now in terms of being that first-round guy that people seem to think he is, but he's not. So... It's going to be interesting to see how he does over the next couple months uh, in the draft process and certainly hope the best for him. But last night's showing was, was not great a great way to, to stamp his college career.
0: Yeah, it was <clears throat> it was rough. Three three picks and a quarter. Uh, I legit was wondering after that game whether or not he was going to come back. Like, you can't end your career on that. Uh, but apparently you can. He is going to uh, declare... Uh so um yeah not exactly going out on the best notes um let's talk about the other one that came out Davis Mills from Stanford I did not see this one coming
1: Yeah not many people did I mean he's they played what at, four games Yeah I mean he, he didn't play much Stanford didn't play much this year but I also get that he probably just wanted to get away from the program. I mean, Stanford has really hit a nosedive these last few years in terms of, Still be you know, Cal. playing com- competitive football. Uh, so it, Davis Mills coming to the season he was someone that people pinned to, uh, really take a rise and, you know, kind of shock yeah. people in, in terms of how good he is. I think he's still a pretty good quarterback. I mean, right now it's kind of hard to project where he's going to go considering the limited amount of 2020 film we have on him uh, or he's put on tape. So I I really don't know how to feel about this one. I thought he probably should have went back to school.
0: Yeah, this one doesn't really uh, um, make a whole lot of sense to me. But then again, he's also like really, at this point, kind of a mid-round prospect at best. I haven't really evaluated him. I kind of assumed he was going to come back. For uh, another year with Stanford, but like, I don't really see him overtaking guys like Desmond Ritter, or I don't know if he's declared yet or not, but Spencer Sanders, uh, Shane Bouchel, like, he'd be in that tier at best.
1: Yeah, so that one just kind of
0: didn't make a lot of sense to me.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know how you really feel about this quarterback class, but. You know, it, it looks promising, but at the same time, there's just a lot of mid-round guys after the usual suspects at the top, you know, after Fields, Lawrence, uh, Tra, not, not Tra, excuse me, Wilson and Lance. Um, so I, I don't know how to feel about this quarterback class afterward. After that, I think it really gets interesting. And, uh, someone like Mac Jones probably could benefit from the lack of separation people are are having in those mid round type of prospects.
0: Yeah, this is gonna be a year where we're gonna see a lot of day three. I think really there's probably four, maybe five that go in round one, probably one that like one or two that go in round two and then there's a drop. Um Missouri's bowl game was cancelled, which meant that Larry Roundtree the third declared for the draft. I like this kid. Uh I think
1: I think you like him as well, if I remember correctly, right? Yeah, but he's in, in my top 10 running backs right now. Uh, I've got him at really,
0: 12.
1: He's really good, man. Uh, he does a lot of things well. Uh, prototypical running back and has some speed behind him, power. I mean, you, he's got it all really. Uh, so I, I expect him to probably be a mid-round pick, but teams are going to find good, good value in him. And, you know, this running back class from really for me, top to bottom is pretty solid. You know, they get, they got a lot of guys that probably are going to go lower than they should just based on the value of the of what the running back is at this point uh, in the NFL. But you got to be excited uh, for this running back class because it, it's really talented and had a high take for my guy, Nick Price. He said uh, Javante Williams is RB1. So that just goes to show you how deep this class is and how versatile, you know, this class is as well. So. I'm very interested to see how, you know, Javante Williams does, in kind of in the draft process. And you know, obviously, I got sidetracked from Roundtree, but you know, it's, it's a really good class. I'm, I'm excited about it.
0: Yeah, I'm trying to see. I don't think there were any wide receivers that declared in
1: the last couple of days. I could be missing one.
0: Oh no, we do have Dax Milne from uh, from BYU. Um. Geez, if there was ever a time for a wide receiver to not declare early for the draft, this is that year.
1: I know a lot of people like him as a player, but he just, I don't know, man. This is tough, you know, tough, a tough class to You're
0: already, if you're not an absolute superstar at your school in this class, you're already behind the eight ball.
1: I mean, is he even a top 40 receiver is the question, and I don't know. I'll put it to you this way.
0: I have seen Elijah Moore mentioned in people's top 32 players, and he is wide receiver 13 for me, and that's not even an, uh, an insult on Elijah Moore. I just think that the class is that deep. I'm not, like, top 30, you know, high on him. But still, I have, you and I talked about this the other day, I have like 16 wide receivers in my top 100. Just to be a day, th- just to be a day two pick at wide receiver, we're looking at like, by the time all's sudden done, 17, 18, depending on if like John Ross, not John Ross, uh, Justin, uh, Justin Ross, right? Yeah. Yeah. If he declares, like, we could be looking at like 20 wide receivers in the first three rounds. As a start.
1: I mean, yeah, like I said, it's tough, man. And he's going to have to really test well to uh, get that consideration as even a, a, a fourth-round pick at this point. I mean, there's just so many guys right now that, you know, you just go through the receivers. I mean, obviously you got, you know, uh, Rondell Moore, uh, Devontae Smith, uh, Rashad Bateman, guys like that. And then the next-tier guys. That aren't necessarily the top flight You know you got Austin Watkins in the mix uh, Jalen Darden um, Dwayne Eskridge So is he even You know on that level of those guys And I'm probably going to project Them like third fourth rounders so That just tells you how deep the class Is and he may not even You know Crack before even round five or six So it's going to be Tough sledding for receivers that aren't top Flight guys
0: yeah uh, staying with BYU, we saw Brady Christensen, the offensive tackle, declare. Uh, he was PFF's top-rated offensive lineman this year. He had a really good season. I don't know if he's got a lot of athletic upside.
1: I'm to be honest, I have not watched him yet, so I, I don't want to uh, be that person that I, I, I key, to I guess.
0: tried keying in on him when I was watching some Zach Wilson, and I just kind of came away like like, he moves okay. But like again and like he's he's a he's a technical guy, but you know, I look at this class and I think that like obviously your top guys like you know, Sewell, Darisaw, Cosme, Rashawn Slater, uh Eichenberg, Leatherwood, Jalen Mayfield, they've all got some like proper trait, like a high end trait. Sewell, it's like his technique is really good. Uh, the fact that he's been, like, the best offensive lineman roaming the planet for Rio you know, in college for, like, two years. Derisaw, just his ungodly, uh like, run-blocking ability or his, you know, his balance. Cosby, just the fact that, like, he's got all of the potential to be a superstar at tackle. You know, Eichenberg, strong as the day is long. Jalen Mayfield, really good athlete. Brady Christensen is a kind of run-of-the-mill tackle.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, he's, he's probably gonna be one of those guys that definitely does not start, uh, off the bat, uh, going to the next, you know, going to the next level and just based off what you told me. But, uh, I definitely want to get a closer look on him. But, like you said, if you don't have those, you know, top end traces to tackle, you know, you're gonna get eaten alive at the next level. I mean, you got, you're going against guys like Chase Young, Miles Garrett. T.J. Watt, you know, you, you got to really have some of those skills that, you know, covet, that are coveted for a top, top tackle. So if he doesn't have that, you know, don't take him before round two, you know, take him round three, round four, try and develop him see what you get. But, man, it's it's tough sledding right now.
0: Yeah. Um. One that declared today that I think we should talk about. Let's talk about Creed Humphrey. The interior offensive lineman, the center from Oklahoma. There was a lot of hype around him coming into the year. and
1: Jeez. Not going to lie to you, he probably should have out last year. Yeah, he probably should have. Uh, I look honestly look think me. that this was a, a pretty disappointing year for him. He should have went back. Uh, I mean, he shouldn't have come back. He probably should have declared it last year. Uh, Ruiz was a top inside interior offensive lineman. He was right there with Ruiz last year. You know, uh, obviously he has his, his drawbacks and, and those got exposed this year. Um, but I mean, last year we had, you had uh, Lloyd Cushenberry, uh Matt Hennessy, guys like that get picked. Uh, Creed Humphrey could have certainly gone probably round two, maybe at the end of round one last season. And, you know, he probably wouldn't be in this position now, but I don't even think he might not even be a top five interior offensive lineman this year. You know, he just has not been that type of guy uh, that, you know, it, it just the consistency issues and, and play strength. I, I have issues with that.
0: Here's my thing. I just don't remember how going into last year there was a lot of talk about uh, Tyler Biadasch as a as a top pick, and then he had like a really disappointing season despite winning like the best center in in the uh, in the league. Um, or, sorry, not in the league in the uh, in the NCAA. I just don't. I, 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 it's so many similarities. Just so many. Can't, I can't sign off on it. Especially, you know, okay, you want to split it into center and guard, we're having a different conversation. Because then you're talking with him, Josh Myers, and Landon Dickerson being the conversation. And, like, Drake Jackson, Tyler Linderbaum. But if you're talking interior off the line as a whole, like, you're, he's, he's, Wyatt Davis, Elijah Vera Tucker, Josh Myers, maybe Dickerson jumps him, maybe Drake Jackson jumps him, maybe Tyler Linderbaum jumps him. Like, I just don't know. Like, he's a strong kid, but he just, he really didn't have great film this year.
1: Yeah, guys like Drake Jackson, uh, Josh Myers, uh, players like that, they they had much better film this year. Uh, and I know what I'm getting from those guys, you know, you know, the weaknesses you're getting from those guys and and you can scheme around it. Like Drake Jackson, he doesn't have great reach, but he's that type of center that if he gets his hands on you, you're not, you're not getting away, you know, and he's pretty good in the run game as well. Uh, being able to move people, getting out on the edge and he just, he's just a little stiff for me, you know, out on the edge and, and those battles that he Probably should have won an interior. He's lo- he lost some battles. And, you know, going into the summer, I think our guy Tyler Browning actually did a breakdown of Creed Humphrey's film over the summer against Texas. Uh, you know, he looked good last year, and I'm very surprised that he came back. And it looks like he's going to hurt his draft stock, and he may be in a similar situation as Tyler Biotis last year, where, you know, he was, seemed like he was universally known as one of the better, probably if not if the best, center Coming into the year, but he just didn't live up to expectations.
0: Yeah, for sure. I'm, uh, I'm legitimately going through Ryan Roberts, uh, shout out Ryan Roberts, um, going through his, uh, timeline to just kind of go through who, uh, is coming back, uh, and who's declaring for the draft. So, uh,
1: if I can remember.
0: Okay, so Trey McBride just announced last night that he's coming back.
1: That makes sense. Uh, Patrick
0: O'Brien is transferring from Colorado State uh, to uh, Washington.
1: Man, get get my boy Trey McBride on the Power 5 team right now, man. Please. Um, who, who else? I'm just kind of
0: scrolling through. Uh, I just saw one. Kyrie Campbell, the defensive tackle from Florida. He's gone pro. I haven't looked into him. I'm interested to see how he compares to uh, to Daryl Slate and their other just gigantic defensive tackle. Uh, I don't know exactly who Zach McPherson from uh, from Texas Tech is. Uh, i have to look him up a little bit later. Creed, I already mentioned. Offensive tackle from... Um, Buffalo. Who else? Oh, Brady White, the quarterback from Memphis, who I believe is about twenty-seven years old at this point.
1: Um,
0: have you watched any Brady White?
1: No, not this year. Uh, but I kind of know the story with him. I, I, I swear, him he's I, like
0: twenty-six. Yeah,
1: I wa- I watched him last year. Uh, and you he know, says he says he decided to
0: la- participate in the East-West Shrine Bowl.
1: Uh, I mean that's good. I, I think it's right now. It's not happening though. Yeah. Well, the, they're they're still accepting, the, you know, invites. But he or said whatever.
0: participating in.
1: Oh, I I <laughs> guess they may still have. You know, I don't know what they're gonna do. I, I
0: don't they're know. Not
1: gonna pretend to know. Um, I I don't know what to oh. really say about that. But
0: two more that 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 are that are big for the offensive line uh, nuts like myself. Uh, Jake Huron the. Um, Uh, Right tackle from California. Uh, There's one. I watched a little bit of his film over the summer. haven't obviously done a deep dive on a lot of Cal guys this year, but I came away really impressed. If I had watched enough film on him, he probably could have come away with a grade higher than Walker Little. Speaking of Walker Little, his teammate, Foster Sorrell, who is another offensive tackle at Stanford, he also declared for the draft. I'm just... I want to see how many offensive tackles legitimately I grade out better than Walker Little.
1: It should be interesting. I mean,
0: I mean, because I haven't gotten to a decent amount of this offensive tackle class, and we're at seventeen of those people now. That that's a lot. <laughs> that's that's a lot. That's a lot. Uh, It's almost be, and I know people think that I'm like too low, like comically low on him. But no, it's justified. Walker Little's tape was not good at any point in his career. Um, tight end from UCF, Jacob Harris, is declared for the draft. I couldn't tell you a thing about him. I couldn't tell you a thing about him either. Uh, David Moore, the undersized quarterback from Central Michigan.
1: Don't know, man. I, Have you watched...
0: Just, oh, here's another one. Here's another one that I actually really like. I think he's going to be a great value in early day three. Talanoa Hufanga, the safety from USC. I think I heard somewhere that he's, like, related to Troy Polamalu or something.
1: <laughs> he he is a dude. I mean, he had, what, I think he had, like, 17, 18 tackles in, in the Pac-12 championship. Beast. Uh, just a Beast. That yeah, was a stock this game
0: all on his own.
1: He's insane, man.
0: Um, let's talk about one of my favorite players on this entire draft, Devin. Davion Nixon. Don't be surprised if Davion Nixon finishes the year, <clears throat> comes into the draft week as defensive, as, you know, defensive tackle one.
1: It's so crazy because kind of his rise reminds me a little bit of Caesar Ruiz. Like there were a few people on Davion Nixon from the get go. And there weren't any. Yeah. And now, you know, people have him as inside defensive lineman one, like Mel Kyper has him as thirteenth overall. Uh so it should be interesting to see what happens with him, but I think he's probably have, has the best chance to be Inside defensive lineman one because he, he he has a size. I think production, at this point, traits.
0: realistically, it's down to Nixon, ToFelé, and
1: Barmore. Yeah, I mean, I think it's really gonna come down to what teams prefer. Like, if you want someone that could be great, you could go for Barmore, but Nixon has the, uh, you know, the tape and and the stats to show that he's probably gonna be someone to contribute from day one.
0: Uh here's one that kind of slid under the radar, which is interesting given what school he goes to. Cameron McGrone, the uh linebacker from Michigan, I liked
1: him over the summer. But he had already
0: said he was gonna come back for 2021.
1: Yeah, that was a thing. Like he kind of reversed tracks. So, like we thought, okay, he's for sure coming back in twenty twenty one, even though the Big Ten came back and he played, but he didn't play well this year, you know, dealt with injury and just did not look like the same player from last year. So I was surprised that he declared, considering his teammate Aiden uh, Hutchinson, you know, decided to come back, you know, after being hurt most of the season. McGrone got some tools, man, but he's still raw, and the tape really didn't help this year.
0: Uh, How about Chris Rumpf, the edge rusher, out of uh, of Duke? Uh,
1: Yeah, you've been a big advocate of uh, both the Duke edge rushers. You know, over, what, since the summer? So, I mean, they definitely got a chance to go mid-rounds and and definitely make a team happy. He's got great speed and size isn't great, but, you know.
0: Yeah, that's my big knock with him is he's 6'3", 230. No, sorry, 6'3", 240. Last year, he was uh, 6'3", 225. Like he's starting to look maxed out at 240. Um, couple more that I saw. Our Darius Washington is another one. The safety out of TCU. I did not think he was going to declare. Um, I just got the the sense that you know redshirt sophomore, undersized, bit of a down year compared to last year. Figured he would stay at TCU one more year kind of be the guy in that defense with Maring moving on. Uh where do you stand on him? Hold on. Oh, boy. What's going on? Hold on. Two, three, y- you're frozen now. There you go. That's a you go. Sorry,
1: Sorry about that. Oh, what, what's up? My screen is just hold on. It, did it freeze for you too? Uh, da, da, da. Hello? yeah, I'm sorry. Oh, sorry. Yeah, it'll, it'll no, 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 no. Your your, your screen uh, is frozen. Yeah, I can hear you. I I don't know what's going on. Um, the, yeah, okay. uh, there's Washington. That was a big surprise. Someone that I was high on coming into the season didn't have quite the season I was expecting. Plus, you know. Merrick has looked a lot better uh than him this season it, you know there's a lot of guys I think taking chances right now because I guess there's no guarantee especially for next fall what what's going to happen you know with the pandemic but at the same time it, it's a big risk man uh because if you don't test well the combine or Pro day, you know, you don't really have the opportunity to to meet freedom like they did with teams before and we don't know what the guidelines will be then. But, you know, players are at a disadvantage right now. And I'm very surprised the amount of players that have um you know, declared. You know, I thought this well, would there
0: be, has to be, so
1: yeah, because I mean everyone's in their
0: class, yeah. so
1: yeah, there has to be uh, give and take, especially for Programs that are bringing in a ton of uh, new players on scholarship next year. So it's going to be an overload at at some schools. Some schools are going to really miss some high-end talent, but it just sucks, man. It just sucks.
0: Yeah, um, I think that he'll probably fall somewhere. I mean, there's still some guys at the safe position that haven't declared yet. I'm still waiting to see whether, like, Kobe, Harvell, Peel uh declares. I know his uh his like best friend is Trey Sterling, the other safety at uh at Oklahoma State and he went back, so maybe the two of them both come out to get uh like at the same time so they would wait till next year. That would be a good thing for our Darius Washington again talking about not the greatest position at safety. Uh not a lot of high end talent more, just kind of um depth for the most part. Um Any other major declarations before we move on to these predictions? Just kind of doing one final glance. Um. Wait. Oh, Tyler Linderbaum just put out, uh, about an hour ago that he's returning to, uh, Iowa. So, uh, scratch exactly what I had said earlier about Creed Humphrey being passed by Linderbaum.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, he's still th- theoretically getting passed by him, so.
0: Yeah. Well, there you go. So I can update that. He's going to be good for next year, man. He's going to be really good. All right. Um. Other than that, oh, Virginia Tech's got more guys uh, leaving. It looks like. <laughs> sure. uh, let's get yeah. Let's get into some of these uh, into some of these games that are happening tonight as you're listening to this, or I guess this afternoon. Yeah. All right. So let's start off. Let's go with the the Peach Bowl. This is the the New Year's Six you know game. We got number nine Georgia. Facing number eight, Cincinnati, Georgia favored by seven and a half. The over under is 51 and a half.
1: Uh, Give me the over. Uh, I'm picking Cincy to win, though.
0: I, I'm definitely picking Cincy to win. Uh I think Cincy can put up a lot of points. I think that this JT Daniels led uh, offense can put up a lot of points as well. So, yeah, just not buying it in terms of Georgia uh, being able to go and score a lot of points on the Cincinnati defense, which has been pretty lights out all year.
1: Has Georgia had some guys opt out already? No,
0: not that I, oh no, uh, Ben Cleveland opted out, I do know that, other than, and Eric Stokes. Okay. Other than that, everyone has kind of stayed, which means that we are gonna see, uh, Azizo Ojalari as well, which is really good. I believe Richard LeCount is planning on playing in this game which is great for him coming back after that
1: uh, that motorcycle accident. Yeah, we got two great uh, edge defenders and two great safeties. Oh, God, yeah, my
0: J. Sanders in this one.
1: Yeah, my J. Sanders. A big against- if
0: he has a big game against Georgia, his stock's going to skyrocket.
1: Yeah, Ojalary as well. Uh, and then you said LeCount, and then uh, James Wiggins, who I've liked in passing for Cincinnati. and definitely want to dive into his take real soon uh but yeah they got they got talent all over the field i mean both teams got pretty good cornerbacks you got my guy Ahmad gardner uh for next year's class is hopefully a, so him good. against george Pickens. that should be an awesome matchup
0: that's going to be uh, great for who to study that's going to be like the first game people watch when it comes to receiver and then corner for next year
1: for sure that's that's teach tape right there cuz you know you're going to get big plays from both of them probably um so that's a big matchup I'm watching. I want to see how Desmond Ritter does against his Georgia defense. Can kind of cement, you know, being that next flight of quarterback, possibly QB5, QB6, uh if he has a big day against Georgia. Um So, and I think that may play a part in if he decides to go or stay, too. So if he has a big game, don't be surprised if right afterwards he declares for the draft, man.
0: Definitely. Um, so, yeah, we're both going Cincinnati on this one? Yep. All
1: right, this one's a little bit less important, Devin. We
0: got the Citrus Bowl. We have six and four Auburn on the road against N- number fourteen Northwestern. Northwestern favored by four.
1: <sighs> um, I don't know, man. Uh, Northwesterns
0: already lost Greg Newsom,
1: yeah, but they, lost, they have yeah. like a
0: true freshman or something that was yeah, the first Brandon team All
1: American. Yeah. Yep. Name to watch for twenty twenty three for whatever reason oh my already. God. <laughs> um <laughs> it's crazy already. Uh,
0: uh yeah. I'm picking Northwestern in this one. By the way, the over under on this game is forty-three and a half, so that says all it needs to about how bad these offenses are.
1: Give me the under. Uh I got Auburn winning by a field goal though.
0: I got Northwestern winning by a field goal, so I think Auburn covers this. Uh God, Peyton Ramsey and Bo Nix Isn't that the quarterback matchup everyone's you know dying to see?
1: well we want to see Peyton Ramsey not so much Mo Nix so uh
0: yeah um i'm interested to see how the linebackers for Northwestern fare against uh Auburn's running back Tank Bigsby i'm going to be watching for Blake Gallagher and um and Patty Fisher uh more so Gallagher than Fisher because i think that uh Fisher's basically exactly what he's been for the last 3 years I also wouldn't be surprised if both of them decide to return for another year at Northwestern. Uh, but yeah, Seventh give me Northwestern. Year
1: seniors. Had to get that one. You did.
0: All right, uh, let's get into the first of the two college football playoff matchups. This one is just this one. All of my excitement for this game, it, there is none. It's number four, Notre Dame against number one Alabama in the Rose Bowl game at AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas.
1: <laughs> it's quite contradictory. Um, yes.
0: Uh, it, by the way, the over-under on this game is 65, and Bama is favored by 19.5.
1: Well, you're definitely taking over in this game because, I mean, at some point, Notre Dame's defense is going to be able to keep up with Alabama. Uh, I, mean, I really feel I feel bad for those Notre Dame corners because they're, they're really going to Get a big showing Nick from McCloud's the practice going
0: to be special. wishing he stayed at, at, at NC State. like?
1: Yeah, I mean, for me, the big matchups, it, it has to be, you know, can Notre Dame's offense move the f- football effectively? I mean, I just – it's a big game for the trenches for sure, I think on both sides. But at the same time, you know – I'll be interested to see who uh, Jeremiah owusu koromora guards, and him going against Najee Harris. That should be a big matchup to watch. Kyle Hamilton will be on; it has to be on this a game uh, guarding, you know, the deep end, especially against Waddle. I mean, not Waddle, excuse me, uh, Devontae Smith and you know John Mechie and those other weapons they have. Uh, I just don't know. I think Alabama wears Notre Dame over the course of course of the game. They're not going to be able to stop them consistently. I think Nordane puts up a fight, but I just don't think their offense can score. So, so I do they cover? Bama, I, Bama covers. Oh, still
0: going with Bama no Bama,
1: Bama's probably winning by three touchdowns.
0: Uh, yeah, I'm going to agree with you on this one. This, just, this shouldn't be a game that we have to sit through. <laughs> I love how we're at the same time we go, well, they need to let 18s into the playoff, and then Hell, the four team, like the fourth team, were just like, yeah, they don't stand a chance. It's over.
1: They're
0: legitimately three teams that belong in the playoff.
1: Well, I think if you give the one and two seed a bye and make the other, however many else teams play each other, then I think that's how it worked itself out. That will be a better, probably, because the top two teams in the country are usually heads and shoulders above everyone else you know three and four is usually the one that we're like kind of questioning but man this year i i just don't look man i it just comes down to you just don't trust ian book to make plays consistently not at all
0: uh that's
1: the real crux of the issue right there definitely
0: all right and then we're, this is the last one we're going to preview because well I don't really care about the games outside of the uh college football playoff right now and the ones on on the weekend are like NC State versus Kentucky uh which I can I can afford to miss that one. Uh so yeah, let's talk about Ohio State uh versus Clemson, Mercedes-Benz Superdome in New Orleans, uh my home away from home. We have Clemson favored by seven and a half. The over under on this game is 67 rematch of the first round in last year's game.
1: It's going to be another good one. Trevor Lawrence versus Justin Fields part two. Yes, you know, sir. It lived up to expectations last year, uh, you know, ended in disappointment for Fields throwing the pick at the end of the game. Uh, there were some controversial calls on, on both sides of that game, but uh, you know, Sean away getting, you know, tossed in, in the, first half after targeting, uh, that was, I still bumps. say
0: that that was not a, uh, a
1: I, 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 still can't believe they did that in the biggest game of the year, but referees, man, they're going to do what they do, but look, uh, it's going to be a, a good matchup. I think on the outside, you, you got to watch what Amari Rogers does. Um, I'm interested if he was going to be guarding him, the primary person on him, please don't have it be Sean Wade. Cause you know, you he, he struggle on the outside, but, uh, you know, I can't think of his first name, but Powell, what's his first name? Um, the receiver for Clemson. Colin oh, Powell? Uh,
0: no, 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 no. Um, sorry, did you just say Colin Powell? Yeah. Uh, no. Um, oh, God, why can't – now I'm drawing a blank on his name. Damn it. Uh,
1: Cornell Powell. Yeah, Cornell Powell. There we go. I'm actually interested to see how he does because he's going to the Senior Bowl. So he's had a really, really good season and built a nice chemistry with Trevor Lawrence. Uh, Obviously, ETN. The thing I worry about for Ohio State, just like last year, uh, they're linebackers, man. I just don't know if they're going to be able to keep up with the speed of Travis ETN. You know, he gave them issues last year, uh, and, you know, that's when they had Malik Harrison. It's going to be interesting what happens this year with those linebackers. Uh, I have full confidence and faith, you know, Jonathan Cooper is probably going to get in there and, and cause some disruption uh on Ohio State's defensive line. But uh, biggest issue has got to be the back end and, and linebackers for Ohio State. I just don't know how well they're going to match up because, you know, last year they had a CUDA. So they had, you know, someone to, to kind of neutralize T Higgins. But now this year, I mean, it's it's wide open because Sean Wade hasn't been consistent enough to really, you know, consider him someone as as a lockdown corner. And then, you know, on the other side, Ohio State has had struggles moving the ball and Justin Fields holding on the ball too long. And Clemson's defense is really starting to peak at the right time, so it's it's really going to come down to Ohio State being able to score points because Clemson's going to score. You just got to be able to answer.
0: For sure. Uh I am I wanna be different and say it's gonna be Ohio State so that we don't get Clemson versus Bama part like seven. But I can't. It's it's gonna be another Clemson win. I think that uh Ohio State can keep it close, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Clemson. Um I'll take Ohio State to cover.
1: Yeah. I will uh, take Clemson as well I think Ohio State covers I think Clemson ends up winning By a narrow margin of victory I don't think it's a field goal But probably three three, uh, Like five, six points I think it's going to be the difference here But should be probably the best game of the weekend Alright Well I don't know
0: about you Anything you want to promote before we hop on out of here?
1: Uh, nothing right now. I don't have anything in the works currently. Uh, just catching up really with you know what's going on in terms of prospects and stuff, but I don't have anything pro- promoted this time. but I do want to tell everyone have a, a safe and healthy new year. Uh, however you decide to celebrate, hopefully it wasn't out in public with a group of people, because uh, that is a pretty irresponsible way to bring in a new year. Uh, just to let y'all know, but Look, y'all stay safe, man. Uh, let's let's go get in 2021. Let's have a great year, man.
0: Absolutely. Uh, again, safe, healthy new year. Um, but until next time on Monday, what do you say, Devin? How about on Monday we bring the people a, a proper mock draft? So you'll hear this on Tuesday, but <laughs> mock draft Tuesday doesn't sound as good.
1: <laughs> true, true that, true that. But right. we, we also may have a special guest on Okay, so, just to leave y'all in tune for that.
0: All right. Well, until then, you're just gonna have to stay patient. But until then, you can follow us on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter, Mike underscore Draft. You can follow Devin on Twitter, RealD underscore Jackson. Follow the show on Twitter, Big Shots Pod. Follow our work at Blue Chip Scouting. Use the promo code Big Shots, all one word, all caps, to get 10 percent off your next order at Built Bar. Bring in the new year the right way. We'll see you next time, guys.